0: Thanks for joining us again for another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerrard. Joining me tonight, as always, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got a great LSU win over Ole Miss. Uh, the Tigers come roaring back to win 45-20, to finishing the game on a 42-3 to run. Incredible. I don't know if anyone kind of expected that. Uh, we expected LSU to look good again, and they did. Uh, we'll break into that, you know, um, what they have going for them uh moving forward. Well, I mean they have a bye week, but we have uh the all-faded Alabama game after that. At least they get him in Tiger Stadium at night. Uh LSU's finally getting the good into that stick. Um so we have all that, you know, the rest of college football, yada yada, yada. Guys, how y'all doing? Talk to me.
1: Man, great to be here. Great to be talking about two solid wins in a row for LSU. Um feels like feels like we, we kind of got a, got a program back. It's like the first time I feel like we've had a, um, you know, this this feels like LSU football for the first time in two years.
2: Yeah, I had a good weekend. Obviously, enjoyed watching the game. Um, It was sandwiched right in the middle of your day, so you get a little football appetizer in the morning, and then the the LSU entree, and then cool off in the evening. So I um I missed all of the action the week prior against Florida. So it was good to sit down and, and see the Tigers perform well, which is what we've been asking for for a long time. And uh, excited to see them continue that momentum into the Alabama game, like you said, uh, biggest matchup of the year. Um, and yeah, like like you mentioned, Tommy, like just seeing LSU football have a little swagger back in their step is, uh-huh. uh, is, is really fun.
0: Amen. I agree, I agree to all that. Real quick temperature check for you, though, after the field or after the <laughs> real quick temperature check for you, though, after the game. Yep. Fan stormed the field. Embarrassing. That, <laughs> so, OK, I was going to see where you guys stood on this. I kind of felt like eh, I don't know if those rush the field worthy, but if I was a student there, I, I can't tell you that I would not have gone down there in my damn self because I sure would have. But I know where you stand on it, Tommy, but feel free to speak on it. So I so first of all, I mean, like you can't rush the field when
1: you were a betting favorite going into the game. Like, didn't they, we close as like a two point favorite or something? Like three point favorite? I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. that's I don't know. I, I, that's not. Now I did. You know, I do understand it's a top ten win. That's a, 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 that gives it some some uh some you know oomph behind it, but. Uh, Daniel, I, you know, this is something that I texted, I think earlier to you, Daniel, but I think, I think this is actually, uh, you know, the, the stormings don't happen on, on accident. Um, I, if, if the, if the school would, or if the security would allow it, I think that the, the students would storm every game, you know what I mean? Like, like if they, if they're going to let you get on the field, but, but as anyone who sat in the student section before knows, Daniel, you know, this, um, there are police officers at the like at the end of the game. There'll be police officers who stand there and will just like glare at you, and be like, "Don't even think, like, don't think about coming on here." And I've I've stormed. Me and Daniel, you stormed the field too. We've stormed it. I've stormed it once. It was when LSU beat number two Georgia.
2: Yeah, I think the last that was time it's, that was the last time it happened.
1: Yeah, um, and that was, and I think that was a, I mean, that was a quality storming. And if you remember, like. When you were when we were moving down from the student section down towards the field, the police officers who were normally there just kind of just kind of looked at you, smiled, nod, waved you in like, hey, don't worry about it. Like, you know, we're going to turn a blind eye to this one. Uh, then I remember last year there was a big when when LSU upset A&M at the end of the season, terrible season, but, you know, upset a, a team and kind of ruined their chances at a at, at, uh, successful you know postseason. Um, there was a big push again, you could feel the the momentum of the, of all the students rushing to try and storm the field and they don't, you, you were there with me. Remember, like there were like twenty police officers that came out of nowhere.
2: We were about <laughs> to go over the edge, and then we got to the thing. Everybody was kind of crushed in on each other, and then you're looking back at the police officer with the gun on his hip. You're like, oh eh, maybe not today. <laughs> there were so out. many
1: police officers. They're all and they're all just like looking at you, like, Mm-mm, nope. So my point of this is, I think that I think that you know somebody, whether it was Michael Bonnet, the communications director for LSU, or or somebody in charge of kind of like the program and, and the fan fan experience, all that said, look, if we win this game, let them storm it. Because I mean, I think, it, I think it is, it looks good for, if we all, I think we all know like why we're, we're avid fans. We're the, the minority. Most people seeing on TV, they say, Oh, LSU upset number se- LSU beat the number 17 unranked LSU beat the number 17 in the nation. And they sort of feel look at how look at how much, you know, look at how much pride they have. Look at how they're behind Brian Kelly. So I think it's a good thing. I think nationally and on TV and for the for the the, you know, 10 seconds that they show the game in a highlight reel. It's fine. I don't like it in general, but um, but yeah.
2: Yeah. And then the TAF was bragging about it on Twitter after the game. They were saying about how easy they're like, we got y'all. Like we'll get the money in two seconds, basically. Oh, wow. Um, which I suppose if they're paying Brian Kelly whatever eight million dollars a year, they can scrounge up 250K uh yeah. from a couple, a couple <laughs> thought, boosters. Well, they
0: put it a little bit differently though, right? They they threw some shade at Texas saying no, uh I'm sorry, they threw some shade at Tennessee, right? Because uh Tiger Athletic Fund put out this tweet that said hey you know, uh you know whatever happens happens you know we'll 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 take care of it don't worry about it we're not going to be you know petty or what that's not their word i'm just you know paraphrasing here we're not petty like some other programs uh we'll we'll, we'll take care of this one because i guess tennessee put out a fundraiser to put- i know i think tennessee was passing the hat around <laughs> yeah i'm like wow come on guys um but Tennessee's was only, I mean it was LSU's third violation and I I think they changed this rule after the 2015 meetings so that's why Tennessee's was like 100 grand I think it's like their second violation this is our third and I don't know I guess as many, as many years uh, so we had to pay the $250,000 fine yeah um but obviously they're not worried about it I'm with you guys I'm like I don't think this game was worth it but devil's advocate talking, you know what? This isn't, like you said, Tommy, LSU is back. So this is like a different era. This is the first win against a top 10 team for Brian Kelly. We're starting over. Granted, it's two years out, you know, removed from a title, which is what everyone's argument is, which, you know, whatever. I'm with you. I'm not against, or I'm not for the storming as an LSU fan, but um, it's a new era. It's taken over and it's a BK era and, this team, if you want to look at it this way, uh, we've gone 500 or less our last two years. So uh, you know, the first two years of our new program, um, and so we storm the field after this big win.
2: Well, the thing about it is, if we beat Alabama, it's probably going to happen again in the next yeah. game. No, I know no. we should
0: have saved the storming for this week. Cause what if
1: it, now? What what happens if if we beat Alabama and then they uh, then they won't let them storm the field? See, that would be that would be bad.
0: Yeah. But I mean here's the thing it's uh what if we sorry guys we don't storm the film now we just save it for the SEC title game which you very well could be playing in now that you beat Alabama. True. Right isn't that crazy? Assuming LSU were to win out they could face Tennessee in the title game again if Tennessee were to beat Georgia and everybody after that. Getting way ahead of ourselves. We have an LSU versus Ole Miss game to talk about. True, uh, but just wanted to, just curious what you you guys thought about that whole field storming thing because it just seemed weird to me. But afterwards, I was like, Did you see whatever.
1: the Did you see the um the overhead shot of it? They they barely showed it. Oh no! Like that. So you know when people started jumping over the fence and walking and running around, um, then they cut to like it was. I guess it's the probably the drone shot. So it's you know overhead, not not like a full blimp, but the drone. And I mean, it was it was like a third of the field. So it wasn't a full on, you know, hundred thousand people on the field. So a lot
2: lot of the fans had left by the end because we were winning by a pretty good margin. So it wasn't like with the ones that you're on the edge of your seat till the very end and then you just crash in. But Daniel, Um, you
1: remember when we were at the Georgia one? The whole field was covered with people.
2: Yeah, N- I mean, and that like was from- big. That was that was number two, Georgia, and I think we yeah we won at the very end of that one. Like you had to stay till the end, so there was enough people. Yeah, to do and that. it
1: was that the John Battle um interception that kind of sealed it. We were up for a while, but Jake Fromm had a had mounted a like uh, uh you know attack at the end.
2: Mm, it was Long long haired Joe era. Uh, yeah,
1: that
0: that's, uh, that was a rough era almost. That was <laughs> that was before Joe was Joe. Right. Um but uh going back to to this one, uh, as we said earlier, lSU uh comes from behind uh because they were down what seventeen to three at one point, and then they just roared back forty two to three uh to win forty five to twenty I um, uh, man it's uh, a great follow up to the Florida game because that you know they they look like a, a different team. Uh, and then it's good to see it consistently this week, right? We finally saw something consistent. LSU scored 45 points for the second time in a row. I think they had 500 yards of offense or more for the second game in a row as well. Just looked like a totally different team the last two games, <laughs> you know, especially since the one before that was against Tennessee. Um, I'm not saying we would beat them, but I think if we played again right now, I don't know, I think the game would look slightly different. Um, but I, I don't know. It's like, what's what's not to love? I mean, um, I think the defense was amazing. And the fact that Ole Miss could not score more than three points in the second half just goes to show you, you know, what kind of won this game for us. Offense was able to move the ball as well. So I, I feel like, obviously, that's that's a big key part of it. Uh, you know, Jaden Daniels, most of all, I'd say, he, you know, he probably got the offensive game ball or you should have, but, um, yeah, team finally on all cylinders going, looking good, going into a bye week got Bama coming to town. But, uh, I have to think that sitting at six and two going into your bye week uh, you know, I think, uh, Brian Kelly and the staff is starting to get the, you know, the performance out of this team that they've kind of been mold for like the last eight games.
1: It's it, yeah. I mean, it really feels like it's all coming together and, and like the, uh, it's kind of like, you know, when when you're a kid and you're getting on your bike for the first time and it's kind of wobbly and maybe your parents <laughs> like pushing you and holding. And then eventually you get you figure it out and then you're just cruising. Feels like we're at that point. You know, we wobbled it's from side feeling. to side. Yeah, it's
0: that feeling. Yeah.
1: And so, I mean, yeah, it feels like Jaden Daniels is comfortable. Feels like he knows he, he knows the game plan. He knows what he needs to do. I, I really liked what I saw from him as far as like the way he was um, making reads and making pass reads. He didn't seem like he was, um, you know, jumping to run as quickly as he, as he was at the beginning of the season. Um, we, we saw Kayshaun butte get introduced into the, into the game plan and, and, and you know, get the ball and, and catch the ball more. Um, a lot of, a lot of good play from different receivers. I mean, Josh Williams continues to be a standout, mm-hmm. uh, just an absolute sure. grinder. Love to watch him play. Um, yeah, and then of course Greg Brooks too. I think Greg Brooks and Harold Perkins; those are the two the two defensive names that come to mind when I think about that game. Um, that, I mean, gosh, Harold Perkins is he's he's already he's Devin White already.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. even given already mentioned him.
2: It was a yeah, really a great performance all around. I don't know why our hallmark at this point is just to let the opponent score at will for like the first 15 minutes of the game and then we kind of kick it into gear. And that hasn't bitten us as badly except in the the Florida State game. Uh, But yeah, they they found their footing and then it was off to the races. I think they scored touchdowns on like four straight possessions from the third to the fourth quarter. And, And it's not about how you start, it's about how you finish. And they've been finishing strong. So that's all you can really ask for. Uh the defense, great second half uh, adjustments from Matt House and the defensive team. They shut down the high power all-miss offense. Jackson Dart looked pretty uncomfortable out there. And their rushing attack with Quinshawn Judkins, they they got some stuff going, but it wasn't it was more of a bend and don't break situation.
0: I mean, he still rushed for over hundred yards with two
1: touchdowns,
2: but right.
0: Um, yeah, I mean the guys. You know, the the real deal, he's, he's definitely he's got some power for a, for a freshman. Um, but here's the thing, and I think this is why LSU was able to keep it so low and just hold the offense back. In addition to what Daniel said about the adjustments at halftime because, you know, they didn't really score after that. They didn't move the ball quite as much. But, um, like, Mississippi's longest rushing play, I think, was 18 yards. So, it's like they might give – they were gashing us here and there, but, like, we were never giving up those home run balls – or runs like we did against everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then longest uh, passing play, I think, was was only, I'm sorry, yeah, the longest passing play was only like 37 yards. So um, Wasn't that 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 first touchdown?
2: Or it was the play that got them to like the one-yard line on on the first drive. Uh, But yeah.
0: Yeah, but they didn't throw any touchdowns either.
2: Mm -hmm. And I think one unit that really stepped up a big, stepped up big time in this game was offensive line. They gave up four sacks, but Jane Daniels seemed like he had a lot more time, was able to go through his progression, especially and, at if, the end of the game. Yeah. And actually find open receivers and still, instead of just being one and done, like he has been in the past, um, will Campbell and Emory Jones being good bookends, uh, at the tackle position, both true freshmen. So that'll be a, an area of strength for the next two plus years for the tigers. And, yeah, the, the power of the rushing attack as well, very balanced, about 250 yards each way, uh, with Daniels accounting for over 100 yards rushing, which is mm-hmm. pretty crazy. And he now has the all-time record at LSU for rushing yards and touchdowns for a quarterback with still four games to play. Yeah. So um, Jordan Jefferson's name has been uh, been bumped down <laughs> in, the, in the record books.
1: Poor Jordan Jefferson. I mean, between, between Justin... Just take it over being like the best Jefferson, and then now this, like he's kind of just what? What does he have left? And he would
2: still be like an LSU kind of folk hero if they had been able to close out the national championship True. and win it, but uh, mm-hmm. the lost. A lot of people
0: in. blame him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, going back to, to Jaden Daniels, and it, I mean the the rushing was great. Uh, you know, he's he's putting himself at more risk, but I guess at this point, you know, it's an accepted risk because that's what you want out of him, right? That's what we were asking for in the passing game, so you can't really not ask for risks in the running game if it's picking you up at that needed third down or fourth, you know, picking up a first down when you need it. But what I thought was interesting was <clears throat> his passing numbers were, you know, we're good. It's very, very efficient. Um, but what was what I thought was cool was he had eight different receivers where um, they had at least two receptions of 25 yards each. Right, and like six of them were way beyond that. Um, so it's like spreading it around well, but it's also for like really good gains, uh-huh. right? It's not like he's not just comfortable with one receiver or one relief. Like he he had time, and so he made different decisions. Maybe that we haven't, like you know, the the tight end running up the sideline was one, running back coming out of the backfield. So if he's like looking at all these different reads, uh, yeah, I think that's that's you know the best way to. To say it is that they, you know, they're just they're finally peaking, with uh, with the playbook, with him being comfortable, and you know, we're seeing what they can do. And and also, I, I think
1: somebody who we haven't really talked about at all this season so far. um But if you've watched the LSU games, you know, you know this guy's been one of the one of the real standouts. Mason Taylor is mm-hmm. he's the real deal. He's the Harold Perkins of the offense. I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing that he's a freshman and he's his poised and and as complete of a player you know like it reminds me of almost you know you think about that freshman year when we had um uh the guy who quit and then went eric to Gilbert, eric gilbert yeah almost yeah. I had to wipe him off my memory when we had eric gilbert you know like he would show he showed some flashes but he could really only do like a couple things you know he, he was a vertical threat he had some speed he would he catch the ball but he was he had no interest in blocking had no interest in doing anything with the run game we really didn't uh didn't you know we didn't do a lot of the uh shifting of the tight ends with him and he never really played like that wingback position but mason taylor seems to be doing everything he's okay hmm. with getting in there and, and you know getting in the mud a little bit and you know maybe uh lead blocking or going out there on a sweep and blocking or helping out on on a um a screen of some sort but then he's just as much of a threat as a receiver as i uh, i would say as anybody else on the on the receiving court
0: absolutely uh imagine if lsu had a threat the way the saints used to have jimmy graham right like and they were able to use him that much to the point where oh my god now you you have to game plan against, like, this is like a, a third part of their offense. They have wide receivers, they have running backs, and they have this tight end. I think mm-hmm. he will be that. I mean, think about yeah. him as junior year. Oh,
1: my gosh.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: he's gonna. If this is how good he is now,
0: yeah, he's going to we'll be have, like Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and we'll have QBs around him that have been here for at least, I mean, uh, Jaden Daniels maybe for another year, but everyone else is you know will have been here with, with him for two years at least by then. I I that's
1: a good segue though, Scott. This is something that I was thinking about as I'm watching LSU, you know, go score what what was it, 35 unanswered? 42 um, or 44. Oh, uh,
0: no, I'm sorry, 35 unanswered. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um it, after the last touchdown, Jaden runs it in, everybody's cheering, jumping all around. And here comes Garrett Nussmeyer dapping him up, giving him high fives, everything, and I'm like, I just had this sinking feeling in my stomach, like he's going to transfer.
2: Yeah, I mean, because
1: all Gary Daniels, all Gary Danielson, could talk about was, and you know what, you got him for another year. He could, he could take the Burrow plan and go win it. You know, maybe, maybe he'll compete for a national championship. And I was like, man, if he does that, Nussmeyer's got. There's no room for him.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know. But you would think though, on that that year after that. It it could be his team for a year, but so, that would have been three years waiting could, at that he point. He would have the the Mac the Mac Jones type of career, like one and done. He's gone. Uh, it takes a special kind of person to buy into that. Sure, sure.
1: I mean, especially, and and I mean, I will say, uh, it was a little bit of a different scenario with Mac Jones because the the heir apparent behind him was a true freshman. Walker Howard. I don't think Walker Howard's going to sit next year. Like, I don't think he'll sit next year and just idly sit there and be like, okay, cool. Like I'll wait my turn. I think he'll still compete. Now do I think he'll win the job? No, but I think he'll compete for the job. So there's no reason why I would think that Walker Howard w- would be okay with sitting and, and, and uh, waiting two years.
2: Yeah. It's kind of the same situation we had last year with miles Brennan, TJ Finley, Max Johnson, and Garen Nussmeyer, like, there's no way that all these guys are still on the team, like, at the same point next year, because all have at least a certain amount of talent and they want to compete. Uh, and so now here we are again with three quarterbacks one who's now a proven starter in the SEC, and two who um, are hungry for a job, I'm sure. And then so it's a good problem to have, I suppose. But yeah, it's a little bit too many mouths to feed. Yeah. Yeah. Jaden Daniels, you you can't argue with rocking with him right now. There was some questions kind of early on in the season about his, especially his passing ability, but um, he's really shown a lot more leadership. Uh, I agree with, he seems to be meshing very well with the rest of the team and the coaching staff, him and Brian Kelly were uh, having some fun together at the end, uh, Bo Nick style. And (laughs) then.
1: (laughs) Man, Bo Nick's had a lot of fun this weekend too.
2: He did it. Uh, Oregon had a big game, but yeah, Jaden Daniels. And then, a big thing, like it's such a red zone threat with what six rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks. Uh, Cause you got a game plan, not only for the pass or the, um the running back, obviously, but him spread spreading out and he just accelerates so effortlessly to the sidelines. Like nobody can catch him. It's
1: amazing how he can't, how he doesn't, he's able to get vertical down the field so quickly and, and not like he doesn't juke. Have you notice mm-hmm. that he doesn't, he doesn't make moves. He just runs past people.
2: But yeah, he'll like wheel out towards the sideline. You think they're going to have him for like maybe a yard or two gain. And then he slips the edge and he's gone for like seven or eight, just like that. And you're like, what, how did that happen? It doesn't it, make
0: sense. It doesn't look right on, on film. He looks like the guys on Madden. If you don't hit any juke buttons or anything like that, if you just change direction, yeah. that's what he does. And he does the whole, you know, it just <laughs> his center of gravity moves along with it. It just, he's cutting back and forth, but I mean they, I mean his running is what's doing him now it doesn't look like he's running scared it looks like he's just running with a purpose because that's better than what he saw but he's also he's also sliding and
1: kind of I think playing it a
0: little bit safer which is good sure sure if you can pick up uh, some some personal foul penalties that way too because guys can't let up in time yeah. saw that happen yeah um but going back to the defense I give them their due respect we were able to hold Mississippi on for three points in the second half, and I think only like seventy-seven yards. Um, so that is just amazing. They really clamped down. Give a lot of credit to um, uh, the secondary, but also you know Harold Perkins. I think Lane Kiffin even said after the game, he's like, they're asking about one one of the differences. He saw, I was like, well, that number forty. I, I knew they were going to put him in. He's not like he's not like the other people out there. <laughs> he said <laughs> something like that. So, and you know, just that one sack he had on Jackson Dart where he, you know, went in the backfield. And normally that's when guys, they just threw everything they have at that one chance. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he just, he, he went for him, but he, you know, like most QBs do, he just stepped out of the way. But Harold Perkins still maintained his balance and just took a few more steps, tackled him, got the sack and, you know, uh, he got, got off the field. That's what we needed.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Hey it really feels like we've got some, we've
1: got some energy on this team. We've got some playmakers on this team in a way that we haven't since 2019. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like, I I don't understand because there's a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot because we have a lot of transfers and everything like that. But I mean, the past two years on paper, we had a lot of talent, but it just, it didn't seem like we had some of these just kind of uh, like this team right at this moment feels like a, feels like an
0: LSU football team. That we've come to know this. Yeah, you this know, century. flying around
1: to the ball, big hits, big plays.
0: Uh, you know, yeah, and just playing like they belong. Not yeah, to, you know, win or lose, just playing like you 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 want to be there. You know, we've seen some performances. You know, like just how they came out against UCLA two years ago. You know, yeah. like, um, you could almost say Florida State. I don't know. It's like that was you know, it's still this team, but just a different having Kansas state. State. Oh God. Yeah. Well, I mean that now is just, uh, who knows what that was. That was going to look like. Even if we, you know, even if Mac Johnson had just stayed for the game, I don't know. It was, we were so depleted, um, who, and they, you know, they turned out to be a pretty good team this year. Yeah. Um, So. Shows what, what they're going to become, uh, looking forward to Alabama though. Um, I don't know. Be interesting because as it sits now, we're eighteen. Jumped back in, not not just made it to twenty five. They they put us in the high teens or the late teens. So that's good. I think Ole Miss is like three out of us at fifteen. But interesting, you know. Lucky we got eighteen. That's our number. Um, playoff rankings come, but I think on the first. So uh-huh. it'll be before the Bama game. So I don't know. Interesting to think about. But LSU, as I was saying earlier, LSU could win out and find themselves maybe in the playoff. Big, tall ask, right? But he, it's, it's possible. It, well, I think I think it's
1: – if LSU wins out, I mean, we're getting – this is – I don't – I'm not predicting this by any means. But if, if LSU the, – the winner of the SEC, I think, gets in the playoff no matter what. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. I think we're in a situation where it, the winner of the SEC will be in the playoff if that winner of the SEC is not Georgia – or um tennessee then either of those teams will also be in the playoff
2: yeah this is one of those years though where there could be a fair amount of like competing teams because clemson's made it past all their best competition they're on track to go undefeated and probably get in it's one made of Ohio it State is a
1: strong it's a strong word, Daniel. Uh,
2: well they they did the Davo, they they escaped. Yeah, <laughs> Escape, yeah.
1: that's that's the way to put it.
2: One of Ohio State and Michigan probably goes undefeated and makes it, and then you got one SEC team, the wild card I guess being TCU, like if they somehow finish out undefeated in the Big Twelve.
0: Well there's um, there's Oregon or USC out in the Pac twelve too.
2: Yeah, I feel like Oregon. Even if they run the table and win the Pac-12, they can't make it just because they got crushed so bad by Georgia. And but that was so long. ago. Yeah, I know you say it's week one, but it's like, how can you let a team that lost by forty-five points into the playoff? Uh, I don't know, really.
1: Well, I also think that I think that it, I mean, call me an SEC homer, but I think that that I think the SEC will kind of dictate the rest of it because if if Georgia, let's say Georgia, um, loses in the SEC championship. But then there's an undefeated Oregon team. I'm putting Georgia in at, at four uh, ahead of an Oregon because they have the head to head. You don't yeah. even have to do that. You don't even have to do the like, oh like whose strength schedule's better. It's like they actually played each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or Tennessee could beat Georgia by like a last second field goal like they did Alabama. And Georgia's still sitting there with a perfect record, other than that. True. Sure. And then if Tennessee loses the SEC title game, then then what do you do? So back
2: to LSU that there's never been a two loss team to make the college football playoff. So even if they did run the, the table time and win, it, then they would have to break precedent, which I mean I guess yeah. <laughs> we did <get, you, laughs> be it good before.
0: We did it before, baby. Two thousand seven. Oh, two thousand seven, yeah. But um anyway, those, um, so it'll be interesting to see what these playoff rankings, because I feel like the playoff committee, uh, would give us a better ranking based on our entire season's work. Cause you remember, it's like they, we weren't ranked to start. We weren't going to be ranked after that FSU game, even though we lost by one point. it took us like three weeks of winning in a row before we got ranked. And then we lost that obviously after the Tennessee game, but then two, two straight games of 45 point wins and we're number 18. So go figure that'll change before the end of the season. So, um, but we got Bama week coming up. Um, we also have Tennessee and Georgia coming up, which is going to be a really good game, but I, I don't know. I think, um, our chances with Bama, you could probably dive into it next week, but, uh, I don't know. I think our chances are a lot better after the last two games.
2: I hope so too. I mean, Bama is not the juggernaut that they have been in the past. Obviously, no. they lost to Tennessee, but they've shown vulnerability against other teams as well. Um, Missouri, right? Like, they barely they? beat A and M on the last play. Yeah, that too. Although they gave Mississippi State their yearly beating, because Mississippi State always seems to catch Bama after the loss, and then Saving comes back with revenge, uh, which is too bad for the Bulldogs. <laughs> yeah, Port
1: Mississippi State. Did you see what uh, what? uh uh, Mike Leach said, where he was like, my players are scared of the of the, of the guys who have Alabama on their jerseys.
2: <laughs> and he said his wide receivers looked like T-Rexes out there. Like, <laughs> they were stubby arms. and couldn't catch the ball. I was like, oh my goodness. He's roasting his own guys.
0: That's hilarious. Wow. Um, oh yeah, just a quick... Um, what's interesting is um, I think Auburn had a bye, but they're still sitting with their record. A&M's now at three and four. So, it's, it's just funny, like, the weekly watch to see right, what, what A&M's going to have to pay this week if they want to fire Jimbo. And, honestly, like, they're paying, like, 900 grand for each win, but each loss is... A&M uh, looks so bad yeah.
1: in that game. It's not even funny. Like, garbage. I'm. Just, I, I, it was a pleasure to watch.
0: Yeah, well, no, one's, no, no one can tell Jimbo anything, right? Like you didn't have to do anything. I don't get it really. Like, I don't get the I
1: mean, like I I texted I, I might have texted you all this. I texted one of my buddies. It was like, they were better with Kevin Sublin. Like the the Johnny, the Johnny football era, like bring the what what how did how can you move how can you regress? Cause they went from like one of the most innovative offenses, high flying, hot points, you know, throwing points up, all, all that, to to this. Mm-hmm. And well, I will say is also as a as a jersey critic myself, um they've how can you regress in jerseys? And they have. <laughs> they went from having really cool jerseys, like Johnny when Johnny Mansell was playing there, like Adidas, which typically does not make the best jerseys, made some really cool uniforms for them. Now they're just plain. It's yeah. literally just white. Like they, they just had- wear.
0: Dan, how was that lit
1: up for crying out loud? Oh, I know. Yeah, like they had all kinds of stuff. They had they had sleeves that like had the A and M logo that would like make a stripe that would go up through the jersey. Like it was very yeah. cool. Yeah. And now they just they just wear like blank jerseys that you can get from like Academy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's bland like Jimbo's offense. True.
1: Maybe I wonder if it, I wonder if it's his choice. I wonder if he said, you know, we don't want anything. I could totally honestly, I could see whoever it is whether it's Jimbo or some big donor or whatever being like well Alabama doesn't have uh they don't have fancy jerseys so we won't either you know like they don't have anything on their on they don't do alternate jerseys so we're not going to
0: right that's just ridiculous I mean I don't know I I don't know if it's gonna change anything even if they did have the, the cool uniforms it's it's kind of like Oregon, right? When they're no good, no nobody's watching, nobody cares. No, I understand
1: that. I'm just saying, I just—it's just like I think it's—I think it's a good microcosm for A and
0: M in general because I feel like they really oh, would yeah, rest, definitely. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But uh, just to bring it back around, um, yeah. What do you think? Does uh, does LSU? How do you think we finish from uh, from here on out?
2: Well, if you had told me that LSU was going to be 6-2 and two at this point in the season, I'd be pretty happy, but I probably would not have predicted that the two losses would be to Florida State and Tennessee. I think I might have picked like Florida and Ole Miss or something. Yeah. Um, so the season, I can't say, is gone as expected. But, yeah, I mean, especially with the wins coming recently, I'm happy with that. A&M, we just talked about it looking bad. Hopefully that will be a win. We got UAB. That should be a win unless disaster strikes. And then Arkansas is not at their best they've ever been either. Uh, So the real, like, lone, big-time, scary opponent is Alabama. So even if you lose that one, then you have a chance to win the other three and finish uh, 9-3, and which is a success.
1: Do we have a 9-win team? I mean,
2: mean, we can't count our chickens before they hatch, but yeah, it's definitely not out of the question. And I think... Pretty much any Tiger faithful who's not delusional would be happy with that in Brian Kelly's first season.
0: And I think anyone that's, you know, just watches the game in general and can make an objective opinion would say, Well, yeah, I think from this point on, based on what we've seen and all the up until this point in the season, yeah, they should finish nine and three. At worst. Will it happen? I don't know. Like we said, uh, we I think I said they're gonna be eight and four, so if they were, I'd be like, well, I picked it, but I'd probably be disappointed because it means they probably lost a game they shouldn't have. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, as, as dangerous, I mean, as, as, as bad as we were last year, you know, like we were still dangerous to AM. You know, like we beat them. So I, I, would, I would say A&M is probably just as dangerous to us, uh, or so is Arkansas. So yeah. I, I'm, I fear I, Arkansas more than I fear
1: AM, but. Yeah. Yeah. I but agree they're both exactly. on the road. So. They're both on the road, and I think both both teams are capable of beating us. I'm not saying yeah. we're not undefeated. We're not, you know, right. unbeatable.
2: Right. It makes the, uh, the loss of Florida State almost a little bit more frustrating because just one point, extra point. I was texting Tommy immediately after the old Miss game. I was like, if we make that extra point and win, then we're like a top ten team right now, and like we're de- I mean, we're on the fringes of playoff conversation right now, but we're like we're kind of in the mix. Um, yeah, I mean it's yeah. a
1: totally different conversation because you're because you're set, you're talking about an LSU team that's on, that's only loss is to maybe the best team in the country.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it means we would have had either the three thirty or the seven o'clock game against Tennessee, and we wouldn't have had to deal with this eleven a.m. BS uh, and <laughs> our the, the kickoff bouncing off of our. <laughs> wide receivers chest pads oh, so. speaking of
2: which did y'all hear the crowd like go wild when they caught like the first punt <laughs> against all this yeah. yeah also yeah. what about jack
0: this just like is he okay he's, he's hurt yeah he, he strained his back on that play i think he's, he, had a cr- he had a cranky, cranky back. back that's what they called it <laughs> the, the official report was he has a cranky back right um that's right cranky that's funny um but anywho I don't know what else was there was, um, I mean, there's some other, you know, good games all around. So, uh, another good week, another, a lot of other good games. Um, I don't know. Anybody else out there that, that kind of stood out to you? Uh, Daniel, you go.
2: Uh, I was going to say too much. Texas lost again, so maybe they're they're not actually back. They've dropped a 4 and 3 as well. The whole state of Texas is not having fun except for TCU.
0: Yeah, but they've been in them though. It's like they they were beating TCU at one point. So, like they're in these games.
2: Yeah, Clemson survived against Syracuse when Syracuse tried to sell the game basically. They had a star running back who they gave five whole carries to and then their coaches like refused to call timeouts at the end that would have like basically saved them. Uh, so Dabo does his thing. Um, yeah, Oregon, like we said, Bo Nix, 280 yards and five touchdowns other than the Georgia game. They look like the real deal. So shout out to them. And also shout out to my Tulane green wave up to 23 in the poll. Um, they, they got leapfrogged by LSU, but we need the, the Louisiana <laughs> showdown mm-hmm. renewed the Dixie rag. I <laughs> thought it was the tiger rag or tiger rag. What am I talking yeah. about? I don't even know my own tradition. It's been <laughs> too long.
1: Um, I mean, I also, I watched the Bama game. Bama looks good. Bryce Young, is, he's the best. Um, and A&M, like we talked about, they look just god-awful. Gosh, it's bad. Yeah.
2: Looking ahead, did y'all see where College Game Day is going this week? Yeah. Jackson State. Uh-huh. Deion Sanders, baby. They
0: That's always cool. do some... They Yeah, they always do some... It's either an HBCU or it's like a really small, you know, like a Harvard like JMU type of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think it's cool that they do that. Um, Where's is, where is Jackson State? Is that It's in Alabama, right? It's in Jackson, Jackson Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. I'm and thinking then, of Jackson. I'm thinking of something else.
2: And um, then former LSU opponent Southern is coming to play them. <laughs> so, right. uh, Southern's getting two kind of hyped up games in one year. So that's good for them, I suppose.
0: No.
2: The matchups this week are not exactly as, as appetizing as they were. A lot of teams on buys.
1: Yeah, Bama has the traditional buy. We've got the traditional buy.
2: They got Ohio State versus Penn State, which people were mad at that game day d- didn't go there, but I feel like that one like always gets overhyped, and then Ohio State just rams it against Penn State, and then their season's kind of over.
0: Yeah, yeah. but didn't they use their wide-out game this past week against Minnesota, so maybe it wouldn't be as overhyped.
1: Now, is it just me, or do you kind of feel like Ohio State's a little bit under the radar this year.
0: Yeah, they haven't really played anybody, right? Well, I mean, they beat Notre Dame, but. I just don't like even, even, I mean, they, they,
1: I feel like they're playing kind of the same schedule they always play as far as like, like, the, yeah, they haven't had, they didn't have a huge like out of conference opponent at the beginning of the season, but it just feels like to me over the past couple of years, like this year seems different in that like normally, feel like national media is get gives Ohio state so much more praise and so much more credit. Like, Oh, don't forget Ohio state's the, they're the best team in the country. You know, like they're better than anybody. Just wait till they play, just wait till they play you just all that. I just feel like they've been a little bit under the radar. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I feel like, I mean, obviously they're, you know, CJ Stroud's good. They've got good receivers, they, all that, but it just it seems a little bit odd to me. Maybe it's because Michigan's also good. So they can't they like it's not as hard- it's not as easy to to point to Ohio State as the top um big ten team,
0: but um Because yeah. they know they always play at the very end, right, like they know it's gonna be these two teams hitting for a collision course, yeah, that's what it is it's i mean it hadn't been until recently where it's been you know it could be Michigan or Ohio State, last year was the first year it was Michigan so you know, might not be as given this year. I think Michigan maybe looks even a little bit better than they did last year when they finally beat Ohio State. So, yeah, it might be, a, you know, a little bit more reason to, to not give them that wink, but I, I think nationally they're still viewed as, you know, one of the top – like, if they went out, they're going to be in the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, just – it's. but I know I agree with you. It's, it's just – it's weird to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just not here
1: like, – I don't hear the hype as much as I, as much as I'm accustomed to.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what, how, yeah. Ryan that's Day maybe that's how your friend Ryan Day wants it. I, I know. I, and if I would have talked to him longer, he probably would have said as much, <laughs> but you know, who am I? <laughs> you don't want to linger, you know, it's like go <laughs> to meet people and talk, but you don't want to just linger and well, like, you didn't want to get to know everybody that. But the thing know, is, is right
1: now. He's probably kicking himself because he's like, dang it, that guy knew who Jordan Allen was. I didn't even know who he was. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so now,
0: now he's up in Ohio. He's like, I need to find my Jordan Allen of Ohio. Where's his kids out here? <laughs> no, he's gonna fly Scotty's gonna fly you up and say, oh, can you find me? You know who, who do you have? Who do you know in Ohio? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold on, let me just walk up and hear who, let me just listen I hear in the to some parents. <laughs> yeah, exactly i mean i could be my S way through something sure i could just read some local papers <laughs> but anyway
1: next thing you know um, scott's on on ohio state
0: payroll <laughs> yeah and jordan allen is uh up for the heisman yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would reach out to bk and say man i can lock down these north georgia foothills for you just give me the give me the green give me the go anyway um yeah, I don't know. I I not I, I don't I didn't really have anything else. Did you? Did you guys? Um, one final thought. Uh, for all LSU fans,
1: uh, LSU has already secured a uh, a another World Series win. Um, doesn't matter who wins. Oh, LSU right. has won because Aaron Maybe. Nola will be will be starting for the Phillies in at least one game, and Bregman, you know, plays plays third base for the mm-hmm. Astros in all
0: the games.
2: Yeah. What, about Aaron, what about Aaron Nola pitching against his brother in the uh, championship series?
0: That, yeah, that was something. Cool that's the first time ever, right? Um, in the postseason, the first time that's ever happened, I think. Uh, but it, yeah, it's like whoever would have won the National League, you know, a, a Tiger would have been playing. It's yep. kind of cool. I don't I guess, well,
1: actually, I guess, you know what? LSU would have won regardless who won the ALCS or NLCS. Yeah, it's J- DJ
0: LeMahe. Yeah, exactly. Huh? Uh, we were set either way.
1: Yeah. A Speaking no of trivia,
0: scenario. I got I got one last
2: thing before we go. So LSU, we got Alabama at home next week. Do y'all remember the last time LSU beat Alabama at home?
0: Was that two thousand like eight or nine? That's my. Um, goal. it was twenty
2: ten. Yeah, twenty ten. I had to look it up. Greg McElroy, quarterback, with Trent Richardson and marking room in the backfield. Trent Richardson, had, who was unknown. <laughs> yeah, and we had. I, Jordan Jefferson, Stephen Ridley, Patrick Yeah, we beat them. We
1: beat them there. I mean, we beat them here, and then we went the next year and beat them there.
2: But oh, I, was I was like, how has people. it been? How has it been twelve years since we beat Alabama at home? But it has. Like, I guess Will Campbell is probably six years old at that time.
1: <laughs> that's that's kind of crazy to think about. I still have nightmares about the TJ Yeldon game. Oh yeah. I mean, we basically we did yeah. beat them for we beat them for you know. The entire game, except for three minutes, the last like, oh my gosh, that was just gave it away. Gave yeah, literally gave it away.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I think Um, that's it.
1: Remember when we remember when when LSU got Nettenberger, and we thought like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest quarterback we will ever see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe he can help us beat. Oh my God. He's crawling around on the field. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Poor guy. Um, Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, you know, we're not going to see that uh, in two weeks. Uh, I think we'll see a pretty good game. Hopefully else you can come out on top. Uh, But I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll cut this down a little bit further uh, next time on talking Tigs. but for now, Uh, I think that'll just about do it. Looking at you guys. Nope, no heads popping up. Yeah, that'll just about do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Hope you had a good week. Uh, Have a good one this upcoming. Enjoy your bye weekend. Um, Whatever you end up doing, stay safe and then stay tuned. And we will talk to you next time after the Bama game on Talking Tigs. Bye. Bye weekend.